we are back in John's Gospel. And John's Gospel is an account of Jesus's life, his death and his resurrection. And John has a reason for writing. And that reason includes us. He says in chapter 20, right at the end, he explains his reason for writing and he says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing you may have life in his name. So that's why John wrote, he wrote so that we may believe in Jesus and have life in his name. So next few months, we're going to be back in John's gospel and we're going to be seeing what Jesus got up to, what he did. We're going to be hearing from him as well, the things that he taught, the things that he said, what he has to say. And remember, the aim through all of these is that we may believe in Jesus and have life in his name. So if you were with us um, back in September, you might remember that we made our way to the end of chapter 8. And so today we're back at the start of chapter 9. And we start with a miracle. And the miracle, well, it seems a little bit bizarre. You see, Jesus, he's going for a walk with his disciples. And as often happens when people go for a walk, they end up talking about something that they see or in this case, someone that they see. You see, there's a man, you can just see him there at the bottom, and he's kind of holding his hands up, and he's blind. He's been blind from birth. Imagine that. Imagine never having seen anything. Not knowing what colours look like. Not being able to see the shape of something from a distance or the way things are laid out. Not being able to see the faces of the people that you love. He hadn't seen anything. It wasn't a matter of seeing and then having an accident or seeing and getting ill. This man had never seen anything. And so he couldn't work. He relied on others for help. And because of this, um, the disciples start to think, oh, that's a really bad thing. Is there a reason for this really bad thing? So the topic of sin comes up. His disciples asked Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Basically, something really bad has happened. Was it because of him or was it because of his parents? And it's interesting, isn't it? Because if this man had been born blind from birth, then that means that they're questioning whether he even sinned before he'd been born. So what happened? What was the reason for these things happening? Now, before we look at Jesus' answer, it's helpful for us to think about what sin actually is. You see, sin is one of those words that, well, I guess Christians use quite a lot. But it's one of those words that actually sometimes it's a bit hard to define or to explain what it is or what it means. Um, or if you ask you a question, if I got one of the kids up and got one of the adults up and I asked one of the adults to explain to one of the kids what sin is, that would be even harder, wouldn't it? How do you explain something simply in a way that everyone can understand? A word like sin, it's quite hard. Well, the best explanation that I've heard, um, I can't take any credit, I heard this from somebody else, 
is this. It's S-I-N. So the three letters of sin. S is shove off God. I, I'm in charge. N, no to your rules. Shove off God. I'm in charge. No to your rules. Tell you what, do you want to do that with me so that we can remember it? Okay, so shove off God. I'm in charge. No to your rules. Um, actually, I'm aware as I say that, that if the bishop walked in at this point, um, it would look like I'm telling you all and encouraging you all to rebel against God. That's what we shouldn't be doing, isn't it? Um, if you think of it, um, sin is something that we shouldn't be doing. Saying to God, shove off. Imagine how God feels when we say to him, shove off. It's not nice, is it? If someone said that to us, we'd be upset, we'd be sad. Or when we say that we're in charge, not God, well, God probably gets angry, doesn't he? And when we disobey or ignore God's rules, when we say no to him, well, it's no wonder that the world starts to fall apart. You see, sin is the reason that the world is in such a mess. Because if we've all rejected God, we've rebelled against him. And we want to do things our own way. And when you've got six or seven billion people all wanting to do things their own way, well, it's no wonder that the world is such a mess. That's why we have pain and suffering. And it's even worse when we pretend that we don't sin or when we pretend that we've never sinned because then we're blind as well as foolish. The Bible says that everyone has sinned, that everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. And that's why our experience of the world, well, that's why our experience of the world, quite frankly, sucks, doesn't it? It's messed up. So many things go wrong. So what about the disciples' question in verse 2? Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Well, on the one hand, if everyone is a sinner... Well, that means that this man and his parents, well, they're sinners as well, aren't they? So did he then get what he deserved? Well, Jesus says this, neither this man nor his parents. He says, neither this man nor his parents sinned. In other words, their sin didn't lead to this disease, to this illness. Jesus isn't saying that they never sinned, but that there's no connection between their sin and this blindness? The answer is no. His suffering is not linked to his sin. It's not linked to his parents' sin. And if we think about it, to some extent this makes sense, doesn't it? Because as Christians, we don't believe in a tit-for-tat God. In fact, if we think about human experience, we know from experience that bad people often get away with things. Sometimes they do get caught, but often they don't. And good people, well, good people are sometimes protected from evil. And sometimes they aren't protected from evil. Good and bad things happen to good and bad people. See, here's the thing. As Christians, we don't believe in karma. That's not what the Bible teaches. Now, of course, if good and bad things happen both to good and bad people, well, in some respects, that's the bad news. That means that as Christians, if you believe and trust in Jesus Christ, if you're Christian, well, 
then you will suffer at times. Bad things may still happen, because bad things still happen to people who trust in Jesus. But to flip it the other way around, it's also good news, because God doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. You see, rebelling against God, saying, shove off God, I'm in charge, no to your rules. Rebelling against God like that, it's an act of treason. And the punishment for treason is often death and execution. But God doesn't give us that. He offers us his love and his peace and his forgiveness instead. And the reason why he does that and why he can do that is because Jesus, he took that punishment for treason instead of us. He died on the cross for us. Okay, so that's, that's some thoughts about sin. So back to the blind man. What does Jesus do? Well, Jesus wants the works of God to be displayed. So he goes over to the man. Now, at this point, I need two helpers. Can I have two volunteers? Okay, Matthew, do you want to come up? And who's that beside Matthew? Do you want to come up there? Yeah, you in the middle? Yeah, come on up. Okay, we've got... Right, so, so Matthew, and what's your name, sorry? William. William. Yeah, right, well, it's great to have you both. So if you wait there, we're going to act out this healing. Now, I've got over here um, some mud. Okay, you go back out. And I've got, um, it's not quite as grand as the Pool of Siloam, but we're going to leave this um, over here. So, no, we're going to leave that there. And now the mud is over. So imagine we're over here with Jesus. So which of you would like to be Jesus? Me. Okay. You both want this as well. You did put your hand up first. So you can be Jesus and you can be the blind man because you've got an extra special part to play. So you both come over here. Okay. So shall we read? Where did I put my book? So what did Jesus do? Well, no, it's okay. I'll read it because I've got it written down here. It might look funny. So Jesus came over to the blind man. So if you're blind, can you stand this way around? And can you just close your eyes so everyone can see that you're blind? Great stuff. Thank you very much. So Jesus came over to him and Jesus did something strange. It says, after saying this, don't do anything just yet. Because um, you know what's happening, don't you? He spat on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Okay, I've got the mud. But we're not actually going to put it on his eyes. No, we're not. No, it's, it's, it's a bit dry. So what, what did the Bible verse say that Jesus did? Put it on his eyes. Before that, he spat on the ground. Um, at this point, you're probably wishing that you were Jesus, aren't you, rather than, rather than the blind man. So what we're going to do is that we're going to pretend. So instead of that, we've got some... Did I bring it right? We've got some mud pre-prepared. So if you set that on the man's eyes, and can you hold that over your eyes? So can you hold that, William? Can you hold that up? Great. So the mud is now on his eyes, and now Jesus said to him, he said, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Right, that was very quiet. So it was go, wash in the pool of Siloam. So Jesus, you stay here, and blind man, you come over here. So the man went and wash. So can you pretend to splash some water over your face? 
Okay, so the blind man washed the mud off his eyes, and I stand up. And do you know what happened? He was, he, he was blind. Yeah, he wasn't blind anymore. He can see. Isn't that amazing? That is so cool. Right, do you want to grab a seat? Shall we give him a round of applause? Great stuff. Thank you, boys. So Jesus went over to the man and he put some mud in his eyes and then the man went and washed his eyes and then the amazing thing you saw them both running down the aisle he went home being able to see you see Jesus healed this man and for the first time in his life he had sight in his eyes he was able to see he could see the colors he could see shapes. He could see the smiles on the faces of the people that he knew and loved. How amazing must that have been? It's wonderful, isn't it? And Jesus did this. But I don't know about you, but I've got a question. And it's this. Why did Jesus use mud? Why the mud? Why the saliva? Why the washing? Okay, that's a bit more than one question. But why was the healing so involved? You see, when they were standing over here, Jesus could have just said, be healed, open your eyes and see. He could have done that, couldn't he? That's what he does in some of his other miracles. And then the man would have been able to see, everyone would have been happy and that would have been the end of it. But instead... Jesus did some sort of elaborate mud bath. Why on earth did he do that? Why did he spit on the ground? Why did he make mud? Why did he put it in his eyes? Why did he send him across to the pool of Siloam? And now lots of people have lots of different answers for this. But the answer is, we don't really know why Jesus did all of these things. It's actually similar to the fact that we don't really know why the man was blind in the first place. For some reason, God chose the man to be blind. And for some reason, Jesus chose to heal the man in this way. And we don't get told why. God had a reason, and we don't know it. In fact, many people couldn't even believe that the blind man could see. When they saw him, they thought he was somebody else. They thought he was someone that just looked like him. Which is a bit ironic when you think about it, isn't it? That the people who could see all their lives weren't sure if they were seeing correctly. And here's what the man said to them in verse 11. The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. I'll read it again. The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I questioned him on why he couldn't just command my eyes to see right in this very spot. He didn't do that, sure he didn't. Jesus told me to go to Siloam, so I went and washed. Then I could see. Now throughout this passage, it talks a lot about the word sent. I think the biggest thing that we can pull from why Jesus had such an elaborate thing is that Jesus commanded this man to do something. And this man was obedient. 
He went and he did it. He did what Jesus said and he was healed. That might be the reason for Jesus doing this strange thing with the mud and the saliva and not healing him right in front of him. But all of this miracle is wanting us to realize that Jesus can heal. You see, at the end of the day, it wasn't the mud that healed the man. It wasn't the water in the pool of Siloam. In fact, it wasn't even the obedience of the man. It was Jesus who healed the man. So you see, Jesus, he's worthy of our trust. Even when we don't understand why, Jesus knows what he's doing. So you see, when Jesus says something strange, like do this, even though we don't understand why, well, we can trust him that he knows what he's doing. Sometimes when there's something strange in his word in the Bible that we don't understand why he writes it or why he's commanded it to be written, well, the best thing we can do, the only thing that we can do is to obey him. See, Jesus wants us to take him at his word. That's what this blind man did. He didn't stop and question. He took Jesus at his word and he was healed. You see, when we take Jesus at his word, well, then we'll really see. Then our spiritual eyes will be open. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that even though we often don't understand things, we don't understand why some people get ill or suffer and others don't. We don't understand why sometimes Jesus says one thing to one person and something different to somebody else. But Lord Jesus, we thank you that you know what you're doing, that your words have power, and that all we can do is trust you and be obedient to you. So please would you help us, please would you help us to take you at your word, to believe you, to trust in you. And if we haven't yet trusted you, please would you give us the courage to take that step of faith, to start trusting in you. Please, Father, would all of us take you at your word. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.